Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Anime Watch Club, a bi-weekly group discussion and review where the hosts of the What Do You Say Anime podcast nominate and vote on shows either we haven't seen or shows that hopefully lead to a great discussion. On today's episode, the enthusiastic members of the Advancement of Man, aka my co-host, will be reviewing the 1995 anime movie Ghosts in the Shell. Let's meet today, cyborgs. Gonna switch it up today on the intros, so co-host, I'm going to put you on your toes. First up, we have Johnny. Johnny, if you were to upgrade your body, what enhancement would you want? Well, you know, I would definitely want a six, at least a 10-inch nose. Ooh. I mean, just being able to just, like, sniff whatever you're cooking from a distance would just be so useful. And, you know, like, I have, like, a really small... No, my nose isn't big. My nose isn't... Okay, anyways, move on. All right, you, you had me in the first half, not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Cat. Cat, same question. Uh, which part of my body would I enhance? I think I would definitely enhance my, uh, I think I would definitely enhance my legs. Because fucking gas is expensive and I don't feel like paying it. Yeah, right now. Great answer, great answer. Um, our first moderator tonight, I know one part he wouldn't upgrade. Miles, what would you upgrade? Um, oh God, this is tough. So one, it might be my spine. I have three pinched nerves and they cause me a bunch of pain. So that going away might be nice. And on the other hand, I have a heart condition. So getting a heart that isn't faulty might be pretty good. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just no, 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 right. <laughs> I wanted to do a toner answer. No, we discussed um, it earlier. Like you could go serious or you could go joking. And then Johnny bust out the 10 inch nose. And then Miles is like, my heart doesn't work sometimes. Uh, I think if I wanted to like cybernetically enhance something, I think eyes would be really useful. Being able to like see very far or like very sharply or in the dark or something like that would be uh, kind of fun. Yes. As somebody with glasses, I completely agree. And um, I'm going to let Pat uh, get in on this conversation as well. So our second moderator of the night, we have Pat. Pat, your answer. Oh, oh, I get to participate in the intros this time. This is fun. Um, gosh, what would I choose? I mean, uh, a functional shoulder again would be nice on my on the right side of my body, allowing me to like just use it. Yeah, no, I can, I go like that, but the second I go any further back, it just goes numb. So it's not it's very not cool. Uh, other than that, uh. I don't know. Does this include removing? <laughs> like, should we Ooh, that's a, I, I, that's yeah, a good deal. I get, I get the I fuck rid of my beer remove, belly. Sure. I mean, uh, uh, there, there's plenty to remove on my beer belly. So we, I'd say that would be uh, something I would want to do. Um, would you just do your beer belly, but not like any other parts of you with fat so that you just have this like really skinny torso, but like kind <laughs> of chubby arms and legs and just like walk around like yeah, now, if I was chubby, that's that's the thing though. Like my arms are not chubby; they're not. They're like muscular, and so are my legs. But I just I I like to eat. You know, that's I like to drink beer. And I think I've you always, should go I've as skinny beer, on the know? torso as possible. Like I yeah. I want like a Victorian woman in a corset, <laughs> like yeah. with just your guns right now. You know, just with the I think hourglass bond. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. That would uh. <laughs> Yeah, and a functional shoulder. There you go. So yes, um, that too. Um, I want to. <laughs> I don't know which I would pick. Yeah, like, one part of, the, part of the body, though. I mean, there's yeah. also a clear third option if you want that. Yeah. So my torso. That's upgrading my torso. My shoulder. Okay, that's fair. Know. That's fair. Uh, that's a totally not a cop out and cheap answer to this question. But yeah. So, uh, Pete, what part of the body would you enhance? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm gonna go out of left field because it's the only thing about my body that I'm self conscious about is my teeth. 
I would like Ooh. give me like a riff raff. Give me riff raff like his uh his implanted like um his like silver jaws teeth that he has. Give me those. <laughs> Some grills sort yeah. of things. Yeah, give me um, give me those, but I want them to look like sharks. I was gonna say there's no way to do that already. Unfortunately, you can't like it's super expensive in any way right now. So the have you thought about like Invisalign? Uh, it's not about like the straightening of it. I just uh, oh, it's just you. You're sad that they can't rip flesh from the the, the TLDR. Like the TLDR. I'm part British, so yeah, That's yeah, yeah. You know, I have weird teeth. Like yeah. my teeth all have like pretty big gaps. But I thought that like I don't know braces would just be cosmetic, and I was like, I'm not, not vain. So I, didn't get <laughs> I was fully expecting you to go the route that all of us that Johnny was going to. Oh no! What? I, I'm well, good well, everywhere well, else, Johnny baby. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, yeah, we told that line and then we crossed it. That's okay. Uh, welcome to the pod, let's... baby. Yeah, welcome. Yes, uh, if, you, <laughs> if you have any prediction about Pete's penis, leave a comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys. Uh, uh, one more month, we, Miles. One more month for me. Are we? Are we back? Are we? Are we good? Are we? Oh, we're great, baby. I think we're having fun. Okay. Um, we're here to talk about Ghost in the Shell, and not the uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, movie. We are here to talk about the nineteen. Uh, God, what year was it? 80, 95. 90, 95. 95. 95. Like it's nineteen ninety-five, and made by Production IG. That's not how the song goes. Uh, and yeah, we're going to uh, do our usual first couple impressions, what we knew about it before we watched it going in, and would we recommend it or not. Uh, so, Pete, why don't you start us off? All right, yeah. So other than a few lonely nights on Saturday, my only um, exp- like real dive into Ghosts in the Shell is based off of the knowledge of, like, it's a really popular sci-fi anime slash manga and it's like um, a staple of like I should I should put it for like I guess in the sci-fi uh, genre for anime. I think a lot of people refer to like this Steins Gate. Um, I don't know, maybe Neon Genesis. Is that psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah. So I didn't really have like a whole lot of exposure to it, but I do enjoy these themes in sci-fi, and I was pleasantly surprised by the movie. I I saw that it was really short, so I was wondering how they're going to like jam the content into it. And I thought they did a good job for what they were trying to do because this is sort of a prelude slash prequel slash kind of part of Ghost in the Shell uh, standalone complex. Uh, This is just like prior to it, I guess. But there's like parts of this that's also in standalone complex. So it's like a mixture. But if, if it was trying to sell me on Ghost in the Shell, I think it did a really good job. I would recommend this if you are a fan of sci fi. Uh, mystery, psychological stuff like that. Okay, uh, Miles, what about you? Sure. Uh, so I I nominated this movie just because um, it looked like a big gap in all of our like classic anime movie. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there's a word for it that I can't remember. Lexicon. Um, and it, uh, you know, I don't know. I didn't really expect it to like it that much i don't like um sci-fi movies with this general theme very often um but it was i mean it was good i think technically um there was a lot of amazing cinematography um 
there were some pretty good action scenes and some 90s action scenes um but some good ones as well um i thought the world building was like phenomenal i really like that um I didn't really like the plot overall, but you know, as Pete said, like if you if you like sci-fi movies, if you watched Blade Runner and you were like, "Wow, I really loved the way this was directed and its themes and all of that," like for sure, watch this movie. Um, it'll give you the same kind of rush. Uh, just not my particular cup of tea, but I, I, I think most people who like sci-fi will like this uh, movie. So, all right. Uh, how about you, Cat? What do you think? So, uh, my only, the closest thing that I've ever been to watching Ghost in the Shell uh, has always been the Scarlett Johansson movie, because my mom watched it and she said it was really good. She also doesn't watch anime. So, uh, <laughs> the, so other than that, uh, other than watching, I've heard that it's very, like, really good for, like, where we're going in technology, because uh, I'm, I've been in the technology field learning about it for a while and just talking about transhumanism and the creation of androids and the creation of a real human conscience, which we're kind of far away from, but we're still dabbling in it with AI, uh, especially with AI training now. So I, so I've had a few friends and a few, uh, a few people that were training me like uh, coaches that were, really tried to get me to watch Ghost in the Cell since I watch anime. And I guess now I have the first time. That was the first time I've actually got, gone to it. And uh, we're doing a first impressions, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yes. <laughs> so uh, the thing that I feel about the show, about the movie, is that it's really aligned with what I like, uh, with what I'm really getting into, because I really like sci-fi shit. Uh, and playing with human consciousness and working on how to, like, fabricate that or what would happen if something fabricated that out of the blue. That would be insane, uh, especially since it would be completely, uh, completely all-knowing. I think that's cool. Uh, but I think my issue... I'll get into that a little bit later. But overall, I really like the show. I I would definitely recommend it. Okay, Johnny, what about you? All right, so for me, it's funny because I think my first experience with this show was some tweet about some random guy asking Elon Musk what anime to watch. And then this was one of the shows that he responded with. <laughs> So, you know, and it, it was just in the list of, like, if you gave, funny, funny you were talking about AI, it's like, if you gave an AI algorithm on what shows to give, recommend someone who hasn't watched anime to watch, it would have just looked exactly like that, so, and this show is, I mean, it's an old movie, which, you know, because I'm, like, 12 years old, it's not really my cup of tea, but, you know, I, I thought it was fine for his age, I thought the animation would actually did look pretty good for the time, there were some pretty decent action scenes, there were a lot of still shots, a lot of really awkward mouth movement, or lack of movement, I guess, some parts intentional, some parts not, also some questionable voice acting in certain parts, but, you know, it wasn't like a kind of dub that made me want to just shut off my ears for good and yeah you know if you like these kind of old movies and stuff you know i think it's worth a watch if you're into the classics but if you're kind of like me and just 
just watch, you know, what the Zoomers like to watch, I guess. And I don't know. I really wouldn't recommend it that much. Interesting. And yeah, so my, uh, my, finally, my first impression, I, uh, I went in expecting too much, I think, because uh, to me, all I've ever, you know, obviously we know about Scarlett Johansson's movie and all of the other media that has been created from this, this movie, this, which of course is sourced from a manga, but it's, uh, you know, this was the thing that blew it up, uh, as, as far as I understand. Um, I don't know. I, w- I thought it was going to be a lot more in depth. It, it felt like a great introduction into the world that it was trying to show, but um, I I struggled with the plot. I was I was and and the worst part is, after I finished the movie, I wasn't really more curious about the world. I didn't want to dig further. I didn't want to try to explore something versus like. Uh, I don't know if I like when I finish your boy Kong Ming, I'm going to want to go immediately to the manga and read it, you know, because I'm or, or well, I'm not going to. But I'm No, but like, you know, like I had no interest at all versus no. like there are yeah. times where I like I, I sit there and I'm like, oh, this would be cool to read. And then I don't read it because I I get I don't know, it, it's whatever. Uh, so I think I would still recommend this to like other people have said people who really like sci fi and tech based shows or uh have an interest in the series because it is such a popular ip and a long-standing ip but um i i was pretty disappointed i gotta say like i was expecting to be blown away and i i really wasn't um but yeah all right so now we can uh talk about the full 80 minute movie uh so spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't watched it yet again very easy to watch timing wise it's uh I believe free on YouTube, dubbed English as well. So um, I rented it on Prime uh, with the dub as well. Um, I, I don't know where else it'll be for anyone else worldwide, but uh, uh, but yeah, the, uh, who wants to uh, start us off? Who wants to take that first talking point and go with it? Let's let Pete do it. Well, I, 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 I'm debating because I think there's like two real discussion points that we can talk about in this movie. Do you really want to talk about like the philosophical stuff first? Or do you want to talk about like the actual film itself? Let's talk about the film so okay. that we can lead into the philosophy behind it. Okay. Then let, let's get the technical stuff out of the way. And I want to get your guys' opinions on some of this. This film had some really nice choreography and cinematography, but there were also some moments that I felt like where it stalled. It had moments where I didn't understand like what they were trying to do other than drag it out. I don't know if there was like a like a reason why that they're trying to like artistically do something, I guess I'd put it in some way, or if it was just literally stalling. So I want to get your guys' opinions on like the use of CG because we got the mixture in this one, which I think for like 95 is kind of, I, I wonder like how long it's been where we had like a mixture of CG and like the traditional 2d along with uh like the, the cinematography and the music, because I, I think I might be on like the other side of this. I thought the music was bad. Um, I-, I felt like it didn't fit the theme of like the cyberpunk or like futuristic style at all. And it kind of pulled me away from it. So I, I guess I don't know. Uh, Miles, if you have any like thoughts, you can start about the technical stuff. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean by like drawn out? 
like do you mean those scenes where it would just be like a city block for like three minutes and like yeah, a bus would you, go by okay there's so, a few of them there's like there's like the i think it was like a helicopter or a plane that was just like yep. chilling i mean it was like kind of moving but it might as well have just been standing in place along with like the like really loud uh i don't even know what kind of tribal music that they were playing it was it, it felt like uh, uh just to comment on the music real quick because i agree it didn't feel like it fit with the movie it, it wasn't bad it just it didn't feel great like it felt like almost like i was watching like a historical thing it felt like something i would hear in demon slayer or in uh or in kenshin or some other yeah right place. like a historical or something yeah exactly like rather than uh like futuristic mm-hmm. and i wait so there was cg like in this movie yeah like, like genuine and I, I mean this genuinely i can't remember one time where i sat there and it's like oh that's cg like i i thought i, I, I think they did a great say, job of blending it they did yeah because like i i was like sitting here like oh it's old so the the cg it's either not gonna happen which i thought it didn't happen in the movie or it's going to be, be really, really obvious bad. and hot <laughs> and bad like and the... which yeah go ahead no, I was like, I remember seeing this really old clip of, like, a helicopter they use in an anime movie, and the CGI, it straight up just looks like it's styrofoam. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was, like, really bad. I have no idea where it's from. So, yeah, like, that's what I was expecting, and I didn't notice any CGI in this at all. Hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know. Those scenes that you're talking about, Pete, were probably my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um... Of course, like I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did talk for like twenty minutes on that, like ten minute wordless section of um, Grimgar and why I loved it so much. So, um, this this is like pretty similar. Like I have it on my other monitor just to remind myself of the music. I think that the music, in my opinion, fits. It's very like I don't know, foreboding and stuff. And it, I think it like fits tone. It's not like that, like what you normally expect from cyberpunk, but I, I think that it fits like the tone. I think that the, like, again, like the cinematography here is amazing. I'm like looking at a puddle with like a bunch of broken down junk in it with like a reflection of like street signs and stuff. And then, you know, there's like the part where she's on the boat and she sees herself in the cafe um, is super cool. Um, I just liked getting to know the world that they were in. There was like a lot of little hints um, in it. And I, I liked that a lot. So, you know, I, I I dug that part personally. I don't, I don't know if anyone else has thoughts on that part, but yeah, those parts, but. So, so for me, I actually feel the same way as Miles does about the music in, in a different way though kind of because you were talking about it being foreboding i thought that it kind of added to the dystopian uh to this to like the dystopian uh way that it was being run because we also saw it's a better uh, way to describe it than i was doing it i agree with that completely because like one of the things that goes on in uh ghost in the shell is that there's a there's a bit of like political drama going going through it it's a it's a i i personally haven't seen even going yet but uh I I feel like it would be a a sprinkle of Evangelion, uh, from what I've heard, uh, and I think like with section six versus section nine and all like the culmination of not the culmination the climax of the movie, uh, I think that the whole dystopian theme 
as it goes along, it actually gets a little bit more and more, uh, a little bit more and more intense until the end. And I also have another thing that I want to transition to, and that's like, uh, I guess my question is, did you guys think that there would be more, uh, more gore in the show than there was? Because it started off really, really strong. Oh, um, I think there was about as much as I thought there was going to be. Like, I know that a lot of the characters are like androids, so you have some like scenes that if I were an android would be really gory, right? Like when it squeezes her head, like that tank, like that was a a, a scene that I think is sort of gory in like a non-traditional way because you're seeing a human head warped in a way that is not naturally able to be to warped in right like it would just pop normally but you can see the stress happening to it and slower popping and like metallic warping and it's a good way to make you uncomfortable because this is happening to a human head but also make you distinctly aware that it's not a human head i think things like that really enhance the themes of this movie so yeah i I was going to watch this with my family because I was like, hey, <laughs> we're watching we're watching a film that's like from the 90s. And I did say I was like, it might be a little go- uh, bloody or a little bit like naked because I knew, knew what I, I knew from like the trailers of the Scarlett Johansson movie. Like, oh, they're probably going to be naked, whatever. But like but this is a pretty important, important film in like in the history of like sci fi uh like worldwide. And, and they were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then we just could never get our schedules to work out to watch it. And uh yeah, I'm glad that I watched it alone this morning because uh, a lot of nudity, a, a lot of stuff that I was like, did it have to be there? And then if it had to be there, then like, I, I kind of like, I wanted to see some dick. Like, you know, just, <laughs> Yo, like, clip just that. hanging. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that, that's, uh, why did I say that? Um, But you know what I mean, though? Like, I was like, all right, if the if if they're all androids or if they're all ghosts, uh it did feel uh, very yeah. voyeuristic, right? Like it oh, was yeah. like, yeah. why was she naked? Oh, she didn't even have to be completely slowly. naked. She only had to be like, just her chest had to be naked, yeah, basically. Strip her jacket off, and then she still had like this thing on her head. I it, yeah, it was. That's where I was like, all right, guys, like come on, like and it, it, that's the thing. If if there was dick, I would have been like, awesome, that's cool, that's a good, uh, you know, that's part of the story. Yeah. But in this case, it felt very you know, like. You know, Pat- all right, come on. I feel like I know the reason why. Uh, yeah? Is that I don't feel like there's too much practical need in making an android dick. Why does an android need breasts? Um, well, like... because it's anime. <laughs> okay. So, okay. okay. Thanks, Imagine Thanks this scene. Really good answer. Really good answer. Yeah. They're I'm looking right. for the puppet master who they know is in an invisible shell, right? They, they're looking for the shimmer. And then all of a sudden, you just see like a, a shimmer <laughs> in the wind, and they're like, "There it is!" I mean, that's why you saw the puppet master. Yeah, yeah. Um... Right, honestly, ten out of ten. If that had been in that in the movie, um, <laughs> I didn't mean to derail us like that. No, you're like, good. I, like genuinely, I was like, <laughs> you, you nudity. The nudity didn't feel like it had to be there in some of the scenes, and some of them, it, it was like, all right, yeah, whatever, it happens, or they're 
fixing her and she's cut in half. It is what it is. That was a really cool scene where they like rebuilt her or whatever. And Mm -hmm. like, you saw like the casing come off of her skin and stuff. Um, like that was neat. Um, yeah. What what do you guys think about the augmentations in general? Cause like the, the part where they typed and their fingers went and, and like became like little, like multiple hundreds of little needles to type with that, that part made me like squirm. I was not, was not happy with that at all. I did not. I like, like I, they showed the girls typing in front of like the, 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 one of the supervisors at one point, and like all four of them were sitting there with their fifteen fingered hands, and I was just like, no, thank you, no, no. I, I like the um, the variety of it because we had people like uh, Kusanagi who is like essentially a full robot, and then you have someone like Bato who is like his eyes like enhanced, but like that's really it. And then we had uh, Togusa, who had no enhancements. So I thought, like, how they portrayed people based off, like, how much enhancements that they have was, like, a really cool, like, I don't want to say, it's not classist, but, like, um... It shows where you stand on... Yeah. Uh, like, some, you know what I mean? Like, it shows, it tells you something about the person. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that was a really cool, like concept with it's not just everybody has like i mean we we did megalobox last time it's not like everybody has the latest and greatest gear and then we're all gonna go buy the most expensive gear and then we're all gonna be boxers this was like okay maybe i am a simple person and i have bad eyesight i just want to get my eyes enhanced or i feel like i am a loser and i want to rebuild my entire body and be you know jacks from mortal Kombat or something like that it's like the the variety was like the it's part of the world building itself was just that character system that they had those types of characters was a really nice touch to the story. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I I it's interesting to me because like so much of these augmentations are rule of cool kind of things. Um, where in reality, the way that we have done these is by increasing peripherals efficiencies for the most part, right? Like we find ways to type faster that don't involve our hands splitting into um, 15 fingers, right? Like we have software that predicts what we're going to say, and then you can hit one button to do like the next four words instead of, you know, so like that sort of deal, and and I think, you know, to, to get a little bit into why movies like this don't, like, really do it for me, is that the way that we're doing transhumanism in a lot of ways is is very different from what was envisioned um, in the 80s and 90s uh, from, you know, we're not enhancing ourselves as much as we are enhancing our tools. People aren't replacing their legs with, you know, running blades or whatever. I mean, at least yet, um, you know, to try to be faster or whatever. Like, there's not a lot of practical surgery that isn't, like, if you're able-bodied, then, you know, you're not generally going to try to get uh, stuff to enhance your body even more. That's just There's not nothing. how we really do it. 
there's nothing to gain at this point, like in terms of augmentation of yourself uh, with, with machinery at this point, I think is like the, the best way to look at it, right? Where there's no... There's no specifically, no, your body. You can buy yeah. things that... Right, like... Yeah. yeah. Glasses or yeah. whatever else. So you can yeah, buy those. I guess like LASIK is body modification. So maybe that is one thing. Or but you could argue too, like... It doesn't light. enhance though, right? It brings to what we consider the norm to be. We don't yeah. get LASIK to give us awesome, and they are awesome, right? Like copper eyes or whatever that make us see super far. We have cameras that do that for us or devices that do that for us. We aren't currently embedding those into our bodies um, to any sort of extent. And when people do, it's usually like uh, interfaces and stuff like, uh, things that they can take off. You yeah, like Google Glass is something that like pretend that was good for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a good minute if you didn't. Um, you know, but like that, I think that I I think that there is for a very large amount of people an inherent desire to be able to pull back from that sort of modification if you want to. Um, or for periods of time, it could be exhausting. Think about how exhausting it is when you're looking at your phone all day. Uh, like, say recently there was a really big news story that the majority of the country thought was a very bad thing. And then think about how just constantly keeping yourself updated on that would, it, it tires you out. You know what I mean? When anything happens that you, that's bad in the world and how much access to that information we have, how frustrating that is now imagine you can't remove that feed from your brain johnny yeah so i think what you're describing is basically mark zuckerberg's metaverse <laughs> yeah i mean it's <laughs> like it, it, it is wrong. like his goal to like sort of be able to hop in and out of that sort of thing i suppose yeah but, um, but again i i agree with the part that is just like you know, like, all these things about, like, having all these enhancements into your own body and stuff, it's, it's like, it sounds and looks very cool, but at the end of the day, like, let's be honest, even if, let's say tomorrow they came out, like, an artificial arm that was, like, more efficient than a normal person's arm, you're like, their wrist could spin 360 degrees, how many people do you think would realistically be willing to chop off their arm and get an artificial arm? I'd say a lot. Really? Yeah, I would say a lot. Yeah. You really think? Really? Yeah. I, I would not. I would also, I, I'm just saying this. What if it wasn't not. tactile? For, because, it first of all, you wouldn't like you know. didn't have sensation in it. Yeah, like, okay, let's say, like, you had a perfectly normal, healthy arm that had no problems with it. Would you be willing to do that? I would. It depends on their job. Because, like, uh, personally, thinking from a practical standpoint, you have people that are working with liquid nitrogen all the fucking time, and they've always got to have a hazmat suit. They've always got to have something going on. And in fact, my wife, one of the reasons why her wrist is fucked up is because liquid nitrogen got on her hand. You have somebody like that, she takes off her arm, puts on a, like, you know, chop off the arm, put on a real one. There's a lot more practical shit that you can do with a robotic arm that, one, if we were able to uh, efficiently, like, power that arm pretty easily and not have to worry about, like, recharging it and all that. Like, 
let's say if she was able to do that and wouldn't have to take it off at all, except for, like, maybe to sleep. She's got the ability to cook without a fucking spatula. She's got the ability to, like... The most important thing. <laughs> I, I think that's making a stretch. But She's I'm, got uh, the ability to actually hold liquid nitrogen in her hand without it injuring her. She's got the ability to have more mobility with that hand that was previously injured. Like, it's it opens up a new world for a lot of people. And for a lot of people that are able-bodied, like, we are the pinnacle of evolution. But uh, we, as we get better and better, like, with our minds, we can actually enhance our bodies throughout the evolution of our minds. Can I ask Miles so, a science I, I, question? Wait, yes. Right. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny the first. Pete. Yeah. Okay. All right, so, you know, I will say cat. You're making a lot of good points, but let me ask you this question, okay? So, you know, when doctor, you seen, you seen the video of the grape getting a surgery? Yes, that is actually an extremely, like, extremely exciting part of mechanical evolution, because that means that we don't have to use people who may not be as perfectly precise as a, as a machine, because they okay, can and- be... Okay, let me stop. Okay, okay, so, okay, so, but my point is, if you can have a machine that can do that, why wouldn't you just use the machine instead Bingo. of chopping off your arm Bingo. and getting an arm? Uh, why Miles wouldn't you eyes, just use Miles the and I's eyes just you see, lit right up? Because a metal arm is cool. There you go. <laughs> yeah, literally. Okay, so, okay, so let's say like, let's say like your partner. Everyone, calm down real quick. Cat, respond to Johnny. Yes, thank you. Now, Johnny, the reason why somebody would use an, a metal arm instead of their regular actual arm that may happen to work, it may not be exactly helpful to work. Like, not helpful. It may not be uh, pleasurable to work. And I, what I mean by that is, like, they may have a lot of pain in their wrist. They may not be able to use the complete uh functions of an arm and yeah you can have an outward machine for that to do that for you but the issue is if you have arthritis in your arm and every time you use your arm no matter where like you move it you move it past a certain yeah, area yeah, that's cool. uh, we yeah, were talking about having so, a yeah. healthy arm if you have an arm that is not functional for some reason and you have to get a replacement arm or it's very beneficial for you to get a replacement arm there is no reason to not get the coolest sickest replacement arm if you can get that that has a spatula and a flamethrower and can handle liquid nitrogen i okay. would replace my labrum with a mechanical one in an instant but i would not oh, yeah, replace the rest mean. of my arm at all because the rest of my arm functions and and is does what i need it to do you know like that's where i think and that's not yeah so we're not talking about like okay for people with disabilities or or or, uh, handicaps in any way that obviously yes people would very likely enhance then me myself right now i would not trade out my arms for like a mechanical one uh because i don't i i don't see the the value in it and and especially if like you said a machine uh or in our analogy we're using like yeah a machine can do the surgery and make it so that a person with less stable arms or with uh or just in general doesn't have to do it anymore that's a great thing rather than having to have someone install something into their body and permanently alter themselves 
Like, I, I don't know. Sorry. So, Pete, yeah. Let's you had a question, Pete? Question yeah. From, like, it, it, in terms ago. of, like, actual human enhancement, would you consider, is, would you consider blood cycling, like, um, uh, like a body enhancement? Because, like, God, you see I, that with, like, cyclists and stuff like that? Yeah. That's so, so, like, re- using human parts, just replacing them, is not, like, that's like saying heart surgery is, like, is like well, but like it, it enhances yeah. your body like it, it makes you yeah. like no whatever, it's faster, like it, like this is it's a very good quite like where's the line right like your body cannot naturally do this but it's only using parts of your body that your body has right so like is that transhumanism i would um, say that's just surgery isn't it like 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 for example then would you consider like something like gastric bypass to be like human I, enhancement when it's just a, like... i mean that's a legitimately like a, a question people like p- there are people out there that will say glasses are transhumanist right okay no that that's just so that's like saying looking out looking into a mirror is transhumanist because you're seeing something you wouldn't normally be able to see okay is is but like well wait what <laughs> oh like <laughs> you're like yourself yeah, but like, like what, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the perfect analogy. Like, let's uh, say like you wear mirrors like right in front of your eyes, but like something like that. I, I don't know. I I think that like I mean it's tough because there's a lot of stuff that we are culturally used to, and none of that is replacing your entire body with robotic parts. So like, uh, if, to us from our perspective, things like glasses are completely normal, right? But like, how good? do those glasses have to get before they are transhumanist? You know what I mean? If my contact lenses, um, you know, have a general user interface and I can see in the dark with them and I can do all of this stuff that humans normally can't do. And it's just not bringing my vision to normal 2020 vision. Is that transhumanist? If the glasses can do that, like there's an argument for that, that I think is fine. Um, And then how many of those, like the people in Wally, right, are still just entirely fleshy little humans, but the experience they have is so foreign from our current human experience that they're they're so checked out of reality. You know what I mean? Like is is full dive transhumanist when you can go into Einkrad world and you can do all of these new abilities and sensationally it is no different from where you were, which is sort of like the question the matrix asks right like it's there's a lot of i was talking to my friend who is very big into transhumanism today and she was grilling me on this and i was just saying that nothing was transhumanism unless it's a flamethrower arm (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but um like she does have a point and sarah if you're listening to this i will deny that i ever said this um you know where you draw a line on bodily enhancements is uh, sort of tough. When you get, um, what's the surgery you get for um, that elbow thing that happened? Tommy in John. Baseball. When you get Tommy John surgery nowadays, it makes your arm stronger than it was. It used to not. Now it does. Is that transhumanist? Because you're getting a procedure that makes your arm stronger, even though it's only using parts of your original body. It's, you know, removing one tendon and moving it to a different place. Like that's not a thing that happens naturally, but it's still all 
natural parts besides like the bolts and stuff that they used to fasten the uh, yep. <laughs> the thing. But like these are sort of I, I, I don't know. We could talk like like a really long time about transhumanism because I think it's a I think everyone has a line for how far they would want to go. Um, and, and to it- bring this back to the show real quick, a thing that I wish the show did was maybe highlight people a little bit more who either went too far or were not as happy with how far they had gone or both of those types of people. Everyone was just sort of okay with how they were. I would would strongly disagree with that. Like strongly disagree with that. I'd also like to strongly disagree with that. Especially, okay, so you have the two spectrums of transhumanism in the show you have uh kusanagi who is essentially full cyborg and her entire like monologue of herself is she still wants to feel human like she's trying to she has like these thoughts of like am i still like who i was before and she's trying to like find who she is she doesn't want to be like the what does she decide at the end though well she kind of i mean they merge but like that I think there's more to it with Project 2501 that, like, deals with this on her side. But, like, you see, like, her inner monologue of having, like, these, like, questioning herself about who she is as a person. And then you have Togusa on the far end to the point where he uses, I think they call it, like, an antique weapon that he's using, like, the six-shooter from, I mean, like, I think he had, like, modified bullets, but it's essentially, like, a old-fashioned six-shooter revolver where he is so far away from transhumanism that we have this very wide spectrum where I don't think people are just okay. I think like there is a society in this where it's built around like the ranges that you could have. We do, but we don't have her inner thoughts about she, she wonders, am I still human? You know, but like at the end, she embraces the decisions that she's made to go beyond what being a human is considered, right? Like that is her final decision. I, I, I guess yeah. I personally didn't get her having a lot of, like she wondered if she was still human, but it didn't feel like she like was like, I don't think I'm human. I wish I could go back. I feel you like the character I mean? like pushed I... the boundaries. Eh, maybe cat. So I, so like Pete chimed in on like the actual, like, uh, the range of the society itself. I would like to chime in on like the uh, the thoughts of the society itself because you can think about that in a very like real society like sociological thought because uh, as we've gone along, we've still had a lot of people that have had like heart tons tons of their body replaced because their body has failed on them or they've been in several accidents where they can't actually continue. And uh, I don't think it's gotten to the point where we can say, are we really human yet? Like they are, uh, I mean, are we really human? Are we really human? Uh, Like they are in the show, but I feel that I feel that inside of society, Eventually, we're always going to have those people that are um, that are stuck in the past, kind of like uh, what's his name, Kusanagi. Uh, but I think the oh, focus. Uh, 
Sorry, webcam. Uh, I think the issue that I'm having with agreeing with your statement is that as we go along, like kind of like we are now uh, with the whole abortion uh, debate, which uh, <laughs> the I think the issue that I'm having is that a lot of people, as we go along, more and more people will go towards the uh, towards the masses, and we're always going to be improving. So I think at this point they've already said, okay, we're like the majority of people have really accepted this, except for you know a few stragglers here and there, but most people are just completely fine with it. I think uh, the issue that we're having with watching the, like, the issue that we're having uh, comprehending why it's so... Ah, crap. Lost my train of thought. Anyway. I think my issue with uh, agreeing with your statement is just that I... I feel like the society itself has moved on from that debate and has just accepted it. Maybe I I don't know I think uh, it well that 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 it maybe is a weaker part of the the show because it does kind of just have a bunch of cast members that just uh, are introduced but then they're they're in for like a scene or two maybe you know like a bunch of the agents and stuff or the what were they called the divisions or or, or what was the division six division nine and yeah like we heard about those. division four but we didn't see them yeah what are, yeah so those they were introduced and they were kind of like oh are they human are they augmented like we don't know and for the most part it seems like most people were augmented but um you know they the the uh there was no exploration into what a normal citizen looked like right uh beyond what we saw them look like but we don't know you know you can't tell um you know like certain people are augmented until you know they actually use their augments like the, the girls with the fingers as an example another example right like so i wonder um maybe in some of those sweeping shots we could have seen more people either using their augments in their real life activities you know at the market selling something and have it using you know holding up four things because they have four hands instead of two or something along those lines like maybe that would have helped to answer this question that we have. I, I, f- that I feel actually- like, don't you feel like like the augments are like rare in this world like it seems like most people didn't have augments the people that did have augments were like the bad guys and like the military or the police like the market scene like everybody was just like normal people it's mm-hmm. at least that's the vibe i got and it didn't a lot of maybe there's still like because the, the the hacking scene with the phone in the beginning it does seem like maybe there's like minor like enhancements but it felt like for the most part like most people were like more like Togusa or like maybe you had one thing like Batao and it Kusanagi was like the like she's the end of the bell curve. An interesting question, Pete, is how how would you know? Well, I th- I think it's just like based off of like how people like react and like say the context of like the market scene where like I don't know. It it just seemed like they were like regular humans, so for me that would like I would picture like either zero or minor augments compared to somebody like Batao or like the guy with like the invisible cloak and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that like the average person is um completely um augmented, right? Like they haven't yeah. replaced 
they don't have that like artificial brain thing. But here's an interesting question in that scene um, where she is, she sees herself, right? Yep. Um, up in the window that that could reasonably be, and maybe is supposed to be the completely different person. Oh, um, because we already know that her face model has been used for, um, you know, that the, the project two, five, oh, one thing, right? Like, I, and I know she has like a, like a rare model or whatever, but they do, they do make note if there are rare models that leads one to believe that there are common models for people to go into. So I don't think it, one, I don't think it's as uncommon Two, God, I don't know if that scene is supposed to be her seeing someone that essentially looks exactly like her doing something different. And how weird would that be if you knew mm-hmm. that someone could just buy your body basically and transport themselves to it. There's a show. It came out in like 2018 called no guns life that kind of dealt with this where like you, there's like black market augments for the people who can't afford like the, the, the Tesla version of whatever. And it kind of showed the disparity between like high end augments compared to black market augments and how like the, the drug dealer could have like, I don't know, a, a 200 clip gun attached to his arm compared to like the Tesla version having like, I don't know, rocket launchers and flamethrowers in your arms. Let's, let's pull that one back. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's kind of like my, like, cause I've seen shows like this in the past where like, I kind of like, I guess that's kind of like what I'm basing it off of. Like in, in this, in this series, I feel like it's like common to not have an augment, but that's just my two cents. I'm sure I bet if we watch standalone complex, these questions could be answered. <laughs> now, yeah, I think, Oh, okay, go ahead. Um, so I, so on the other, I think part of me is kind of, I want to get into like the biological, uh, cause we, we are having some biological augments going on right now because, uh, because of the, uh, what's it called? Um, basically like catalog babies. Like, people are being genetically modified before they're born in order to get rid of these facts, and then people are raising a debate about whether or not it's ethical to kind of, uh, you know, pick and choose what their baby's going to look like if if they're going to have, like, a a cute face or whatever. Um, I I remember that being on NBC News uh, probably about a year and a half ago, if if, uh, if I remember correctly. Like, that type of... That type of thing going on. And I feel like because of that, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of me thinking like, hey, well, what about like the, it, like what you guys were saying, it's the way that our society is going, we're going outwards with, peripher- with peripherals and inwards we're trying to keep our modifications to a minimum. Uh, but I think in an, in another scene in the show, it kind of it, it like delves into that a bit because what it says uh, with some of uh, Sector Six or uh, whatever the the determination was, uh, the Six Subdivision, it was talking about 
how they can't they can't actually like bring in uh bring out like androids into the rest of the world because the rest of the world is uh the rest of the world kind of doesn't agree with that or doesn't see that as uh they don't take wealth of that. So I feel like Japan is uh is kind of like one of the only countries in the world that kind of that actually accepts it. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you talking about you're talking about genetic modifications for infants, right? Yeah, that's the that's the real world application that's going on right now. Like that's it's not genetically genetically modified infants that are being like you, not infants. Yeah. You, uh, you design your baby, uh, right? So yeah, you make an yeah, embryo yeah. that So I think that the parallel cat is drawing is that like uh you know the ethical quandaries with completely changing who you are as a person or versus like doing that mechanically or doing that like genetically, right? Like they're similar things where if, you know, what's the difference between getting a, a fake arm that makes you stronger versus making sure that your baby has the strongest possible arms through genetic manipulation. Because I think one is less intrusive in my opinion, because when Which you, one? I I think. <laughs> I mean, me. <laughs> okay, so like, I feel like there would be a lot more people that would not be a fan of having their arm forcibly removed and replaced with a robotic one than someone that just like was born with like a Giga Chad arm. You know, I, would I, you? Who? I I mean, I to, hmm, I, like, I, who I actually not, completely who would dis- not disagree. Want. Okay, Johnny, I, let's uh, pose this scenario for you really quick. Um, the next game on the, uh, what do you say, anime podcast? Yeah, because <laughs> designer babies are basically a very short shuffle away from eugenics. They are. It's like without the separation of, you know, couples, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 okay, so, like, let's say you had been born... Uh, specifically because your parents wanted you to be a quarterback in the NFL and you had the right body and you had everything going for you and you hated football, but you were literally designed to do this. Okay. But I I understand where you're going, but it's just because this is a true story. I I know (laughs) it is who chops their arm off makes that decision for themselves hopefully if you are genetically changing a child um you are you are not making that decision like imagine if you can do sex selection right so let's take a real world application that gets used commonly in the united states today right you can um basically you do like a, a sperm donation and then they do in vitro fertilization and they can just like send the x or the y chromosome sperm at the egg now you you get told that by your parents at some point or you find out you know like we really wanted a girl we made sure we had a girl we paid ten thousand dollars to ensure that this was the case and then you're 12 and you realize you're trans think about the uh, how that would 
fuck up your head despite being like even more so than being like it adds a a a a destiny that you have pressure that you feel like you should fulfill and that is in my opinion there is nothing more intrusive you can do to a person than change their genes okay well <laughs> yeah. miles my, my well it's funny i do actually have a bit of personal experience on this part because as you know i am chinese and until quite recently there was the one child pol- one child policy which meant that in so many cases it was so much more preferable to have a boy compared to a girl. And I have a lot of cases where in my family, people will literally have up to four or five daughters before they have a boy. And my question is so many of these, and you know, and I'm not going to say this on my family, but I have heard so many stories of just people having their only child be a woman and then having them be abandoned in the streets or even killed. Yeah. It's claimed as an accident. And so my question is, What's worse, being born with, as quote-unquote, the wrong gender, or being born and dying instantly, or being born to a family that doesn't love you, treats you with zero respect, and expects you to be, and and expecting you to be something else for your entire life? I, I mean, it's Which, co- what is more cruel to you? They're not mutually exclusive things, Johnny. One is a societal-based no. implementation that a ill-thought-out law in China and social norms in China made happen right because they wanted to control population but also they are a bit of a patriarchal society so people were selecting male babies in terrible awful ways as you have recalled that doesn't mean that if you are selected to be like one there's a huge argument to be made that you wouldn't be you because a different sperm would be used but um you know, like, it, they're not mutually exclusive. Like, sure, something like that could be used to solve that problem, but that problem is not something that hopefully we would ever need solving. Um, let, let's let reel this back in, though, because we have... We got really into, like, a Gattaca discussion. Yeah, no kidding. More than a ghost in the shell. Gattaca is a great movie. I suggest watching it. Um, but uh yeah we we did sort of the jump the shark a bit there a little um, bit a little bit i think we were discussing <laughs> ghosts in the shell but i could be mistaken it's about like the futuristic implementations of this technology that's already happening and it's like therefore we need to like think about like there is the possibility of like some of the elements of the show affecting our lives. I don't know. I think it's pretty important, especially when I know how it has personally affected people around me. You know, I feel like that's kind of not deviating from the message the show is trying to say. Yeah, I think I get what you're kind of saying. Um, it'd be especially interesting when it like personally relates to me in some way. But yeah. it would be interesting to see in these this type of show whether how society treats somebody who has augments compared to not. Um, like, is it where if you have more augments, you're viewed, I'll throw this like way back in like the 1400s or something like that. Like if you saw somebody who was fat, you would think that they were wealthy because they could afford so much food to eat. I think it'd be kind of cool if you saw like a society where like the augments were like a sign of wealth or something like that, or a sign of power and have those society norms show in Ghost and Shell because it is a little political at times. Um, 
I think we got like brief hints of it, but not a whole lot from the movie. But I think that'd be like a really cool addition to see how just how society acts because the world building is so good. Let's just add another layer to it. I think it would be interesting, like as you were saying, like I think that I could very easily conceive a world where having augmentations was a sign of humanity, right? Like if you define humanity through our ingenuity and our ability to create tools and stuff to, to deal with any sort of situation, um, like Kat's very specific example of being able to withstand liquid nitrogen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm which, sure because it's personally I mean, I understand. I, I, I use it. It's fun to pour on the floor to dust uh, the, cause right. it, it dusts for you. Um, yeah, thanks but, for flexing, Miles. <laughs> um, but, like, I think that would be interesting, too. And I just, like... Well, let's go back to Ghost in the Shell. What is the question that Ghost in the Shell asks? To me, it's personally a little bit of the ship of Theseus, right? If you keep on replacing these parts, is the ship still the same ship? Um, And then... What I think is interesting and I would like to talk about is that at the end, they combine to make a new creation, which is not distinctly human, but is very distinctly organic life, right? Like, it's a form of sexual reproduction in a way where you combine the two entities to make a new one. So really, did he transcend humanity as much as he thought he did? Um, there's there's a very particular quote that 2501 says. It's like, can you offer me proof of your existence? How can you when neither modern science nor uh, philosophy can explain what life is? And I think that's kind of like we talked about earlier with the merging of 2501 and Kusanagi into a character where it's like yeah like what am I like if we do this am I still like we don't know like and that's kind of felt like her character was pushing the boundaries whether it was like physically in her body or mentally in terms of essentially being one with an AI unit so I I, I really enjoyed that concept of like are we human or are we dancers but instead of dancers in this time it's robots I it- uh, but I don't think it's like, I don't know. To me, you at the end, she does lose her humanity because she becomes a different person. But like, is afraid, afraid of it as she was. I, I think the answer to is she human, a very, a very clear yes before that. Because who, I don't know, when, when talking about what makes a human, and what traits we would uh, ascribe to humans. Um, People aren't, you know, someone doesn't say they have two legs and two arms and a nose, you know, and then it's like, they look like this and they have skin. Like, that's not how people describe it. Uh, People don't say like, you know, when someone acts cruel or without empathy or whatever, they say they're acting non-human. Like it's our, our abilities to be ingenuity or like to come up with new things and be inventive and be creative and be funny and be empathetic and 
you know, not to get too power of friendship in anime, but like that's a thing, right? Like that's a very human experience. Yeah, we're all straw hats of this podcast. Like I get it. <laughs> yeah. I think the more of the qu- I, you said it, I'll let someone chime in real quick. But I don't think it's a problem of us thinking that we know she's human. It's her trying to figure that out herself, and I think that's where it was like the question came along of like her trying to find her her humanity. I'll be honest. I thought she was never human. Uh, that that's the way I interpreted her. Her, her. Like I know that that's not the case. But like when I was watching it, that's that's what I was. Not, yeah, I guess it, was human like, isn't question. Yeah, like I I was sitting there thinking, oh, she's questioning how human she is now that she is no like literally entirely an android. Yes, you know, like that's that's where I was. Um, in that boat, like, like I don't know, consciousness is where. And again, so this is where I the movie lost me because i i think the examining oh what is consciousness what's like real thought versus not like that that stuff is cool but um i don't know just for me i wasn't i was i wasn't picking up what they were putting down to put it very just bluntly sure. and like calmly I, I i was not at all sitting there being like whoa mind fuck like no i was like fully in the no, you're not human anymore, or yes, you are human right now. Like, but that, that's the, how I was feeling at least. Um, but yeah, why? Uh, I don't know. Uh, should we move on to closing thoughts? Because we're 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 approaching time, and again, we can always discuss this after or during our uh, in our anime club channel on our Discord. Join the Discord. Uh, sick plug, Pat. Can I say one thing before we get to final thoughts? Yeah, sure. This, this is a internal conversation. I should say internal, but a question between me and Miles we had in Discord once was, "What is deep? Like, what in anime or manga makes it deep?" And I think having these type of conversations for a show like this is what I find is deep. I think Ghost of the Shell has the complex of it being like a deep story. So I just want to chime that in before we get to our final thoughts. All right, well, Pete, why don't you start us off with your final thoughts? Uh, awesome. Uh, I compare this movie to uh, JJK Zero, if anyone has seen it. It's a more of like a introduction to the series itself from um, kind of like the, the prior telling of the original story that we saw in, in terms of when the show came out chronologically. I was fully fascinated with the show itself. I love the characters. I like the themes that they displayed with um, the transhumanism the range of characters that they had with those um, like um, subject matter with the, the augments and where they are as humans. And I really enjoyed like the, how project 2501 was like the, at sometimes I felt like he was like the most human, even though he was clearly an AI program. I thought that was like a really cool touch with his character. It gave me like, it gave me like really evil, not evil, but like sinister vibes, even though it's like, it's like when the worst person makes a really good point, it's like, damn, you know what? He's kind of spitting right now. Like, I, I, I'm not going to deny that. I had a great time watching this. I think it was a great introduction to if someone wants to see if they want to get into standalone complex or more of Ghost in the Shell. I think that the hour and 20 minutes that we saw was a very telling way of like, yes, I enjoy this or no, this isn't my thing. For me, that this was an absolute yes. I'm giving this an eight out of ten. Oh god, right, we're so of- much closer than I thought we were gonna be. That's yeah. crazy. Eight How do scores ten. work? Yeah, right. Numbers from one to ten, Miles. <laughs> yeah, hey, but it, like, it, it eight is very good. I thought this was very good. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Miles, what have you got? Okay. Well, 
to show the spectrum of the human experience, um, I I kind of wish that this movie had done a little bit more to continue with Pete's uh, deep line of thought. Um, I think that this movie did a very good job of like digging a hole, but it didn't really fill it with anything yet. So like, it's sure it's deep, but there's not a ton of substance in my opinion. Um, a lot of this is like a little unfair to it because it's been almost 30 years since this has happened. Technology has progressed a very large amount and discussion on transhumanism has increased a very large amount as well. Um, you know, so a lot of these things that it did were have been tread over in media and in uh, uh, academic discourse uh, repeatedly since 1995. Um, so, you know, I wish it had asked more questions about um, what are the implications of these modifications? Do they force people to get them to keep up? Are they only used for people who have to do it because they, you know, they have to mutilate their body because they're in a tough position and they need to be able to do jobs more efficiently when people who have more means don't have to do it. I feel like there's like a lot of things that you can ask about the, the ability to alter ourselves in such a large amount other than like, even though I'm still the same thinking being I was after I replaced my arm and my skull or whatever, am I still human to me, at least, that answer is, like, a very much, yes, you are. Like, you know, I might not agree with changing that large amount of your body, and, like, I think it might alter your experience, but, like, you're, at the very least, still, like, an empathetic person who wonders these things, and to me, that's the core of being human. So, you know... um, I'd like to joke that in Blade Runner, it's very obvious that the replicants aren't human because it makes people mad. Um, but, you know, that's not the case. The point of that movie is that they are human. And so to me, you know, the same thing with Ghost and Shell is just, it's a very, it's, it's a little no duh to me personally. Um, you know, uh, that being said, I think great world building, a really awesome atmosphere, um, amazing cinematography in places, um, really unique uses of cyberpunk sort of technology, like, um, you know, like the, the finger splitting thing. Like, imagine how more efficient Violet would be if her, she could have typed with 15 fingers. Um, and like, I think that that stuff is all really cool. Um, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but I think it's a good movie. I'm going to give it a seven out of 10. <laughs> Let's go. Nice. All right. Seven out of 10. Uh, Kat, what about you? So I thoroughly enjoyed Ghost in the Shell. I was, I was fully expecting to be, uh, I was fully expecting today to be one of those days where I just have to watch the roof shitty anime. Uh, I was, very pleasantly surprised, and I really enjoy talking about like genetic mod modifications and technology in general. Uh, so if you want to talk to me, go in the Discord. Uh, sick plug. Thank you. Anyway, uh, so going on with the uh, with my final thoughts, the issue that I have with this show is that it's just not long enough. The good thing is there's another there's an actual series attached to it. So I'm probably going to watch that pretty soon. Uh, but when it comes to the show itself, like Miles said, great cinematography. I think it was amazing use of the music with its uh, dystopian feel. Uh, 
and just cyberpunk stuff. Like, I I geeked out. I geeked the hell out throughout the movie, uh, and a lot of the a lot of the philosophical questions are things that I think about like regularly. Like, uh, one of the things that I think about is like once because with the way that uh, science is going, by the time that we're at least I am eighty, uh, we'll have enough storage. Uh, and a small enough cartridge to fit a to fit at least one snippet of somebody's entire mind into that. And once we get there, who's going to be selected to be saved? And I think that that's an interesting thought that I have a lot of the time. Actually, wait, are people uh, dying? Uh, people will die when Derek. Oh, goes. I see what you're saying. My, my, I get what you're saying. I thought there was something yeah. like a war or something, but I get what you're saying now. My bad. Yeah. Well, so like, and I mean, probably. yeah, uh, yeah probably before that, war but... in fifty years, you know, it's only gonna be a little bit of time. Yeah. Terminator yeah. two. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, uh, I think that that is going to be interesting, and it, like just having things that go into that, uh, plus all of the other pluses, and it being one of the most iconic shows of the 90s and having so many uh, sequels. And only, I can only hope that the rest of them, minus the Scarlett Johansson movie, has, it follows in this, uh, in this one's footsteps. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit more than very good. I thought it was great. I won't go Masterpiece, because there were some things that were not explored, but I feel like they will be thoroughly explored in the anime so i would again if you are into sci-fi and you haven't watched this what are you doing <laughs> Alrighty, uh cool oh, nine out of ten. so it's a nine as you yeah. say i did okay. I, I thought i missed his score but no did he did he say nine okay he didn't he say didn't it directly, directly but, but he... he said great and using the precedent of pete and no. i it, it was a nine <laughs> oh no yeah there you go okay uh nine from cat all right johnny what about you so I unfortunately will not be as generous to the show. While I do think it poses an interesting premise about the whole argument of like what really counts as a human, you know, like where's the limit? I do think that it's just it just comes down to the issue of it's just I feel like I'm not in the right generation. I've seen both like in fiction and in reality to a certain extent. Like what these kind of implicate, what these kind of questions like have on like how I think about the world. So you know, like this cold like thought process of going into this show is something I've already experienced plenty of times in my life. And you know, also as a as a show from the night from the nineties, you know, it isn't very technically like that much really that good compared to the anime we have today so you know well i'm sure people back then thought it was a really good show for me personally you know I, it's hard for me to look past that and just think like oh this is this doesn't really age that well so you know like i, I do think i do definitely think it's a very interesting show and i believe that it if it was like remastered or maybe like reanimated by another by another studio, maybe currently, then I would have enjoyed it more. But as it currently stands, I just don't think I can give this any higher than a six out of ten. That's what I'm gonna give it. Six from Johnny. Okay, uh, and I I'm closer to Johnny's uh, point of view. I I uh, personally I 
maybe went in expecting too much because again it's such an iconic show uh i was expecting to be blown away i was expecting to at least be like oh this is really really good even if i don't like how it ends or how or i don't like uh you know certain characters or not um for me the biggest weakness was uh the plot there hardly was anything to what was going on on the screen it felt like to me like i i I wasn't nearly as invested in the story as I wanted to be. The world building was great, yes. The um, I don't think we really talked about the characters very much. Uh, I think the the main cast was pretty good, but then the rest was pretty weak uh, and or completely non-existent in terms of being explored or or talked about. Um, I I don't know. I I just it, it left me with a bad taste in my mouth, and I wanted to like it uh, or I wanted to be blown away and sit in your mind you know having these discussions with my own self not just with you guys you know like before beforehand and i really wasn't i wasn't driven to like look into uh what happens next in the manga or other people's opinions on is she still human at the end of the movie i just i would was not that into it so i think i'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because again i think i i kind of disagree with johnny i think that it stands the test of time like it's pretty looks really good again we were fooled apparently there was cg and we had no idea um obviously it's not like something mind-blowingly pretty like violet evergarden but in, in terms of the style of that era it looks a lot better than anything else from then and that if it came out today you'd just be like oh it's in the the 80s style or it's in the 90s style um so yeah that's uh that, that that's my score i have it as seven i was not doing the math while we were going along here i got you 7.4 Seven point four what? Just flat? Four oh, yeah. Seven point four oh. Alrighty, so that will put it somewhere near the middle of our score charts. Uh you wanna know something funny? Sure. Uh we watched we watched Razifon beforehand, right? Yep. Well, we scored Ghost in the Shell, the same score as Razifon. Razifon nice. has a six point five. The movie. Yes. We watched the movie. Never mind. <laughs> Uh I'm, yeah, so I'm Pat now. gave it the same score. I gave Razafam lower. Pete gave Razafam lower. You gave Razafam lower. Johnny gave Razafam lower, and then Haz and Jay were not here. <laughs> oh, All nice. hailed the spreadsheet. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. Quick math. Uh, so Ghost of the Shell again. So we give it a seven point four. Uh, on Mal, it's an eight point two eight. So below, we were a little bit below. I I think. Uh, I don't know. Anime boomers on Mal maybe overvalue the show but again who knows i, I guess uh, we were pretty all over the place in terms of like at least uh this range you know so uh so yeah that wraps up our discussion on ghost in the shell uh miles why don't you uh would you would you put a spreadsheet into your body if you could <laughs> i would um miles is a liar and a hypocrite <laughs> yeah um, please ignore everything i said about well i actually came around on body augmentations <laughs> because it involves consent of the individual during this when compared to <laughs> pre-birth genetic modification you, at the very you least call, you can so, call eugenics it's okay <laughs> okay yeah Not compared to there. eugenics um yeah so I, I can't believe i like something more than i like eugenics that's crazy um so what we will be watching next week in third place we have a two-way tie between classroom of the elite wow and vivi yeah, um, I, I yeah so i don't i don't know all all cat had to do was vote for classroom of the elite as he had many times before 
in essentially the first or second position. And we would be watching Classroom of the Elite right now. But alas, that is not the case. In second place, we are watching, or we're not watching, but it is getting a legacy point, uh, Revview Starlight. Um, and uh, in first place is Beyond the Boundary, which we will be watching. Beyond, Beyond the Boundary. I'm fine with that. That's actually pretty good. Uh, the I believe that's Kyoto Annie. Yep, it is, of course, from... Uh, 2013, uh, genres fantasy, slice of life, and supernatural. Oh boy, my favorites. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, let's watch it. I think I voted for it anyway, so let's see. You did. <laughs> I did um, too, so I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Uh, no, no classroom and elite catch up for uh, for some of the cast though, so that's too bad before the season. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, why don't we uh, get to our nominations for this? Uh, for then that we're watching that on June 11th. Uh, or we'll be discussing it at least on June 11th. I believe that episode will be released on the 18th. But then what are we watch or voting or nominating for the episode on the 25th of July? Uh, Pete, you get to start since you're alphabetically in first. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy that uh, Review Starlight got a legacy point, so I'm going to re-up Review Starlight. Beautiful. All righty. Uh, Miles, what about you? Yeah, so Pete normally doesn't re-up stuff, so I was planning on doing review Starlight. Um, give me half a second uh, to look at my plan to watch. Um, professionals. Cat. Uh, <laughs> well, guess what? I'm fucking ready. Uh, Thank goodness. My uh, So my nomination is going to be Power of God, because it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we watched it. I think it'll be interesting to look back at it. That's fair. Uh, good show. Very good show. Uh, Johnny, what about you? All right. So, you know what? Like, at this point, I'm just going to watch it myself. The second season's coming out in, like, what, a week? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to nominate it for this. So, I'm going to do some. I'm going to nominate another movie. I'm going to nominate the 2020 movie, A Whisker Away, because I. You know, I've been listening to the soundtrack, and I think it's amazing, and it looks really fun to watch. It was a pretty good movie. Very, very... I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, very easy to watch. Um, and nostalgic, I would imagine, for some people, because it's like Ghibli-esque, but not Ghibli. Um, but yeah, alrighty. And then, uh, Miles, have you got one? Yeah, I will be doing the um, 2016... Shaft projects, the Kubikiri cycle. All right, Miles nominated Ruby. Cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And... Yeah, Draymond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I think I. It's still not September, so I can't do that yet. Damn it. Uh, I'm going to nominate uh Vivi again because I'm probably going to watch it on my plane ride in a few days. And oh, Vivi also got a legacy point by the yes, way. Yes, it did. I don't know if I verbalized. Yeah, you did. Think you're good. Okay, great. Good job, me. Yeah, uh, well done. Uh, but yeah, so we, uh, I'm nominating Vivi. We'd love to uh, talk about it, I'm sure, because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to like it. And uh, yeah, that'll uh, wrap it up for Watch Club this week. So uh, thank you guys for joining and listening so long. Pete, why don't you close us out? Yeah, and if you've made this far and you want to support the podcast, best way to do so, like, comment, subscribe, leave a review on whatever platform you are listening or watching us on. Uh, next week's episode, we did a brand new game, Anime Password. That's going to be debuting on Tuesday because Monday is the 4th of July. Seems silly to put out a podcast then. So Tuesday, we will have 
that and then we'll be doing our spring review and then we'll be doing watch club so we got a handful of content coming your way i want to say thank you very much for listening to us and we will see you next time see ya peace